Hello and welcome to the Revenue Marketing Report powered by Caliber Mind. I'm your host, Camelot Thompson, and today we're speaking with Terry Eisner. Terry, tell us a little bit about yourself. Hi, everybody. I am the CEO and owner of Jaffe PR, and we are a PR, full service PR agency that services the legal community, lawyers and law firms, and we've been doing that for a little over 40 years now. We're a virtual-based agency, and we were pretty much one of the first agencies to be virtual. So when something like COVID came along and everybody was baking bread and doing TikToks and watching Netflix, we were still working every day. So we were teaching others how to work remotely. So uh, it's a great agency, and uh, it, I think it does a great deal for the legal community and bringing them up to speed with the needs of, of, of the marketing community, especially because they work so much with everybody else in the world. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Marketers have a very broad job description these days. (laughs) So when we first met to discuss topics, it was really hard not to gravitate towards what's happening in the news a lot today. And I think every day we're seeing one or two more companies announce layoffs and that's really rough. But also, we're looking at a lot of companies that aren't achieving what they thought they would, and they're falling short of goals. So, and I I loved your spin on this, is why I'm bringing it up. There's this, oh God moment, and then you really had a positive spin on the response portion. So I would love to hear more about that. Yeah, you know, we you kind of have to adapt to change. And that's exactly where we are. And here's the problem. Everybody's afraid to adapt to change. So the business world has you know, um, has this legacy approach from the 80s and 90s where the boardroom really is where all decisions are made. And in that boardroom, it's revenue and profit, usually at the equity level or, you know, the, the, the chairman or profit level of the board. And then along came this pandemic and everybody had this, oh God moment. And, you know, we go through whether it is a recession or lockdowns or um, having to trim our staffs or whatever those things are that we have to adapt to. It was so much harder for everybody to adapt to them because we were so stuck in the mindset of this 80s and 90s business set and generationally. But guess what? If you really sat back and look at this and look at it from a a glass half full and you take the moment of, oh, God, and then you start to adapt, you see that this was probably the best Band-Aid we could have ripped off because it opened our minds to so much. And not only did the idea of the pandemic wake up others because of the lockdown again, how do I reduce costs? You know, how does this affect my client? And we had this kind of social unrest happening and we were a little bit more conscious of it because we were looking to be fed stuff because we're not working, we're trapped at home. And we started to get more involved into that. So again, glass half full, the world's starting to change with us. So now we're adapting to our doors have to open up to social issues. Our doors have to open up to the idea of how are we more efficient. Our doors have to open up to walking the walk and talking the talk of our clients. So I just find so many positives that came out of that, oh, God, moment. And I think that's what we have to shift the discussion on. Because I think the political landscape and the financial landscapes and all these things are continuing to look bleak. That's what the news does. That's what we, you know, we go through. But if we've adapted to some of these changes, we've 
righted the culture in some way. And we're recognizing that people over profits are exactly where we need to be. You can start weathering some of these issues, I think. So before we touch on how the environment has changed from what you and I have seen in the 80s, 90s, early 2000s, let's talk a little bit about embracing the change and what that looks like in an organization that's hit a rough patch. There, I mean, the glass half full view to me on that, and I've always said this, is a hard quarter, maybe not a lot of hard quarters, but at least one hard quarter makes people uncomfortable enough to reevaluate and consider change. So I think one of the most toxic things I hear is, but we've always done it that way. What are some other ways that marketers can start looking at this as a positive opportunity for growth? You know, so it's it's funny because the marketer has a seat at the table right now. And the reason why we have a seat at the table is the way in which we attract and retain. And I think that's important because that's that empathy. And empathy was a softer, weaker type of, you know, humanity-based maybe business tactic. But it was soft and in most cases, no boardrooms were welcome at. And then also the business culture got a seat at the table. And that again came out of the idea of revisiting who we are based on how the pandemic alone shifted our thinking to kindness and people reaching out for one another and it being more of a people-centric world and less of a business-centric world. So when you when you see the opportunities to write those things and and fix those things and you have those discussions you now put the value and weight on other things and so you start to think of recruiting and the idea that when you're recruiting in a lot of cases you're bringing business with you because the business really maybe doesn't belong to the brand itself but it might belong to the service providers in it for us again in the legal community it breaks down from the law firm to the lawyer and the lawyer is where the power is because that's the relationship and so if the lawyer leaves one firm and goes to another firm, most likely the relationship goes with them. That's a new way to think about business growth, which means now I have to tell a more personal story. Why are we relevant as a business? How have we adapted to changes? And how have we created a culture that attracts like-minded folks or even retains like-minded folks? So you think about what happened again in the pandemic, and I hate to keep using this, but we have to because it's what's made the shift. And we still haven't experienced most of what the shift is still because in a lot of cases we're still fighting it. So when you think of that, you're putting the, the idea of power in how do I represent myself publicly? How do we rep our, represent ourselves within the, the confines of our bricks and mortars and or what that looks like in a, an extended work environment? And you start to weigh some of those things that we said valued or devalued what a good year or a good month or quarter might look like. And so you kind of have to change it. Do I have greater brand recognition? Maybe I don't have the revenue right now, but I have a greater brand recognition, which will increase opportunities for me to grow the firm where I need to grow the firm. Or the pandemic created a situation where I can reduce costs by letting Deadwood go, but then I could replace it in another way. And it's a horrible term, Deadwood, but the idea of the non-producer or the need of the value in that. So again, all of these shifted in a way in which our thinking was able to change. The problem is if our thinking didn't change, 
then we are no longer relevant to most likely our our client base, our consumer base, and the businesses that we're, we're working with because they've had to adapt. And so if, say, from our example, a service provider doesn't adapt with them, they're setting these kind of rules and statements that say, that if you don't meet these qualifications or certain categories, we're no longer wanting to partner with you. So it's kind of this idea of looking ahead of saying, hey, where are the changes happened in the industries in which I want to be effective, be relevant, and how do I adapt to those? And again, the idea of adapting is the big fear factor right now. Yeah, I have a lot of thoughts popping into my head as it applies to this. But one of the really interesting things you said was marketing has a seat at the table right now. And historically in B2B, especially early on in a company's growth, the way to hit the number was to hire more salespeople. So if I need to hit a bigger number, we're going to hire more salespeople. We're going to attack it from this um almost brute force, cold prospecting, more outbound, more chances, more leads. It's just not working right now as well as it was. And I think this is one of the areas that we need to adapt that a lot of folks haven't quite figured out yet. Are you seeing that in the market at all? Or am I... (laughs) No, it, it, again, it's, it's, we as marketers have a job. Now, What's happened when you think about culture and other things, you can't be alone in that. So kind of going back to the idea of the marketer seat in the table. So it's our job to now understand and articulate the culture. That's marketing's job. HR, marketing, management, their job is to maintain the culture because culture is behavior. So set the behavior, set the behavior expectations, change the behavior. But marketing has to paint the story, tell the story of a culture that is attractive either to a client consumer base and or to a growth base, a talent base. So now the role is to better understand a culture and better articulate the culture in the right audiences for the goals that they want to reach. And so then you think of back to empathy seat at the table and you think about now how we have to go about articulating the culture and showing by example. And I think that's the other big thing. There's a lot of people who talk about these changes. It's really adapting and seeing these changes in place. So now the marketer, as opposed to shoving everybody in a sales funnel, wants to create these threads of relationship building because you might not receive a penny from a great relationship that you build, but that is such a loyal fan that they will drive so much more to to you that the value in, in maintaining that relationship is probably more important than cramming things in a sales funnel and hoping something will drop out of that and be you know a new revenue source for you. So that's the mentality shifting of how you're calculating things and you're looking and you're putting value. Do I have greater value because my firm or my business is really relevant and appreciated in today's you know time and where we are and the longevity of my business and its ability to adapt and be relevant today is exactly the story I want to tell. So it kind of goes back to marketing's job to articulate in the right channels, the right messages, drive the right traffic to the rest of the stories that are being told and then be able to create a connection that leads to either relationships, revenue growth, talent acquisition, something along that line. 
Yeah, this is really interesting to me because I'm thinking of where this is popping up that we can see in the market. We see it a lot. Well, I'll tell you a great spot. Yes. Disney. Look what's happened with Disney. So Disney took a new CEO and this CEO was all about profit. It was all about the power of Disney and making more money and more money and more money for those, you know, the, the stockholders and the stakeholders. That's not Disney's culture. That is not Disney's mentality at all. And it wrecked everything and it took away and it took away and it took away and it took away the magic. And that's the culture of Disney. And that's when people are willing to spend whatever it it is, as long as there's magic. And so when you take away the magic, you go back to exactly where we are today. Magic only is within a person. So if we put the people first, the people's needs per first, we address the lack of magic or the loss of magic and we regain it, then profits go up. Stakeholders, um, you know, uh, go up. Everything goes up, which is great. So what Disney has to do is now fire a CEO, which they did, that was only profit, you know, generating or only profit thinking, uh, forward thinking. Think again of that 80s and 90s and go back to the CEO that stepped down. That was so much more people related. And I'm a huge Disney fan. I have an annual pass and I have stock. So I watch it from all different areas and I'm watching everything come back and rolling back prices and doing all the right things it needed to do to get back to what was most important, what was the biggest value. And that's the magic. And I think that's a great example of where we get lost in profit and revenue. And we forget that looking out and having that idea of what is our culture, having empathy to those that are related to our culture and world more so, and putting the people first, not the profit first, that experience is going to bring greater revenue to everybody. So I think it's a really great current example that's happening right now in front of, in front of us where here's an industry that when they shut down during the pandemic, everybody went, oh, Disney closed. This is bad. And then watching the stock drop, having to change a CEO, part of that is to say, you need to make some hard changes. Then you need to make some really hard changes. And sometimes it happens at the leadership level, not at laying off everybody at the lower level. And if you really want to know the culture, go to the lower level. And that's where you get an idea of what your culture is, not what you think it is at that higher level, because you have a totally different picture painted of what the culture really is. Yeah. And I, I think you're spot on on that. Um, we've only seen the beginning of this. So I, I think back to the pandemic, a lot of us, um, when we go through a major event in our lives, like a pandemic, we reassess our values and whether or not what we're doing aligns with those. And that includes work. So we saw this big reshuffle happen. A lot of people quit. I would challenge the companies who experienced turnover during that period to really start assessing now or responding now. Are there other signs you would look for? I think that's a pretty good indicator is that when the market was good, but people were reassessing their values, did we have a lot of change? So, and so it's funny because we're talking about it from a business perspective, but now to go to the yeah. talent perspective, the people yeah. and yeah. how many times that they've gone and said, okay, the business that I work for wasn't there for me, wasn't there for anybody. And I will, I'm seeing that and I'm putting in all this effort all the time. 
guess what? This culture wasn't right for me. And, you know, that's a lot of what I try to empower people to say, you might be able to do amazing things, but you're at a culture that doesn't care, nor are they open to the idea of that change. You are just spinning. You are putting yourselves in so many places that are so stressful to your body and your mind and your growth and what you can contribute. And it affects us in so many ways, toxic, you know, toxic cultures and the idea of, of disrespect and lack of growth and not being listened to and all of those things, which again, wake up because the generations that are taking over, they demand these kind of things for sure. And so that idea of communication and understanding and sharing and, and, and learning and building together is critical. So I just, I, I think it's quite interesting that if we equate it to the real estate market where there is a buyer's market and a seller's market, we're kind of in a talent market at the moment right now. And quickly shift this to another thing that came out of, of the big changes is the use of technology. Many companies that were not fully invested in technology had to be, and they had to learn other ways in which they could operate or cast a bigger net for talent. When you talk about DE&I and other things that are important in businesses or important to your client wanting to make sure that you're maintaining within your business and you say, based on where I am regionally, I have these problems. I'm going to call BS on you now because you have a greater opportunity to cast a bigger net to attract talent and bring in talent. But you have to also evolve along with all of us and utilize technology, utilize these other marketing channels more so. And the legal community, social media is still fairly new. Podcast, super new. And I love it because it continues to be this opportunity to have a blank canvas because I'm bringing them into something that I'm watching already bake and, and kind of, you know, find the best ways for it to, to work within other industries. So it's kind of a, a great opportunity for us, or, you know, for me, it allows me to be ahead of the industry because I can think of it from the client perspective who's already utilizing some of these tools. So again, glass half full, you can be so much more efficient now. And if you look at what, again, the pandemic offered us was the use of technology. More of these discussions happening in a digital format, a greater reach due to webinars and, and Zooms and other things. And yet we all are having fatigue and related to them, but soon they're going to, I think, pan out to and into a way, settle down into a way in which we now see them as a potential way in which we can reach greater audiences, especially in that, say, of the expos and conventions where they can have a two-tier opportunity in capture what they need to in person, but extend, expand that, that thought leadership outward to even greater audiences through opportunities, even like we're doing today. So again, glass half full, there's so many other opportunities for business to be more efficient. But when you talk about those layoffs and you talk about the talent having power, I'm seeing marketing departments leave. Okay. Not marketing director, not, you know, a, a support person on the website or ad buyer or something along the line. I'm talking an entire team leaving. Now that says a lot to really appreciating the 
the workers, right, of the business, everything below management. And I think that is a really important thing to, to look at right now, that you're not losing one, but you might be losing an entire team. And then how do you change and rebuild from that? And I think that opens another set of, of opportunities and possibilities. This is just so interesting because I still see a lot of people, like you said, a lot of us are still fighting it. I still see a lot of people when somebody within the company expresses an issue, having that reflex to, oh, we just need to get them in a room together and they'll work it out. As opposed to analyzing whether or not there's actually an issue and how best to solve it. Oh, yeah. So, and where is that issue, right? That issue might not be very surface. That issue might be compiled by so many different elements and that's okay well-being all of a sudden well-being has a place in in and and so these are not taboo subjects anymore these are things that we get to talk about ask about assess and determine if this is the right culture for me or can i succeed in this culture this is this is a lot and i love it so before we wrap up i just really want to quickly touch on the positives of this and the changes we're seeing so i i remember the days of hostile corporate takeovers the people who had the position that they enjoyed of laying off swaths of people i go oh what are some of the positive changes we're seeing that indicate that the shift is beginning to happen or, or um, is progressing beyond where it was in the 90s? So, I, I, again, I go back to kind of what I was just saying, and that is that if you're a business owner and you look at these things through a, a, a glass half full lens, you see, okay, I might have had to reduce the amount of bodies that I have. And, but I still am a really important resource, a viable resource, and a highly respected resource to my audience and clients. So how do I operate now in a different way, at a different cost factor? How do I replace the bodies, the talents, the minds that, that I lost and not fall back into the same knee-jerk reaction of I need to replace them physically in-house with a body. So one, how can I cast a bigger net, utilize an at-home work environment along with my bricks and mortar environment? Important one for you to assess and, and analyze. The other is determining that maybe I didn't need that many bodies and this was a positive for my business. And I'm sorry that I have to reduce folks. But I've also learned in this that I can be so much more efficient if I adapt to digital or consulting relationships or other things. So we've seen that where marketing departments have been thinned and we now come in and plug in because we're not a salary, we're not any overhead costs, we're not any expense, we're basically an extension of the marketing initiative, but only where you need it to be. So we're seeing kind of levels of folks thinking of how they can replace those that they had to let go in a more efficient and effective way. And that's positive for them. Now switch it to the talent. And from the talent perspective, again, if the culture wasn't working for you, why should you be held back? Why shouldn't your ideas be appreciated and your innovations and your collaborative thinkings? Why can't they all be you know, appreciated? That's a cultural thing. That's the management you're working with. And we can't always change everybody by yourself being compassionate and being empathetic and being inclusive. So if you find 
you weren't appreciated during the pandemic. You're not appreciated in the fact that you've taken on more work because they've had to lay off people around you. It's time for you to recognize your self-worth, your ability to grow, and does that culture fit you? So we've kind of given ourselves this sense that unlike when I was growing up, you went in, you stayed in a business, you stayed there, they measured you on how long you were at that business before you went to that business, and all these other kind of set ideas of what business is supposed to look like and how you operate in business. Well, they've changed. So you can change along with it. And why would I want to hire somebody who doesn't fit in my culture and they not succeed? Or why would I not want somebody to come to my firm, my agency, and bring their whole self because my culture doesn't allow that? So I am now paying somebody 100% for 50% back. So what if I changed the culture? What if I changed the way that I thought? What if I welcomed the whole self and you were so confident in going to work every day that now I got 100% of you? So all of these are the positives that I think that we have to change in our mindset to be more relevant and more profitable in today's business market. Terry, thank you so much for being here, sharing your thoughts. I think there's just so much to this topic. I'm going to have to re-listen again to get it all. I, I love it. So where can people find you online to network? You pretty much can find me anywhere at sharingtmi.com. I was one of those lucky guys early on in the, the Twitter world when I picked a handle and my initials are TMI. And I was like, oh, what do you do on social media? You share too much information. That's my <laughs> name. So you can find me anywhere at sharingtmi. I love it. So those of you listening who enjoy the show, please rate, review, subscribe, tell two friends. It does make a difference. And for those of you looking for more great content like this, check out calibermind.com. 